We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Listening to Weird Distractions Podcast, a weekly podcast that rotates between true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, need a little bit of this and a little bit of that to provide you. And more than likely, your best friend's mom would consider a weird distraction from everyday life. I'm one of your hosts, Alex, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host. Christy. And this week we are talking conspiracy theories. And this is a goodie. Definitely one that you won't want to miss out on. But before we dive into the episode itself, we do have a little bit of housekeeping. Then we got to chat about what we need distraction from. And then we'll get into it. So as a reminder, over on Patreon, we've published our Weird Destinations post this month. We give you a small sneak peek from our trip to May Bailey's Place, located in New Orleans, Louisiana. Consider joining our Patreon to check it out and learn more. Plus, see personal pictures from when we visited May Bailey's place. Spooky ookie. Yes, it was fun. I was living my best life and will forever miss New Orleans until I can go back to New Orleans. So it was actually kind of cool because it was almost like a little like alleyway. It was like a little speakeasy type feel. It was, yeah. It was, nice. it was it was fancy but kind of spooky but just I don't know. I guess that's the whole vibe of New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, basically. So now with that reminder out of the way, I think it's time that we discuss what we both need a distraction from. What do you say? Yes. So Christy, what do you need a distraction from this week? My distraction this week is uh, my body really hurts right now. Oh, why? I spent two hours outside yesterday. Ugh, awful. Breaking my whole yard. Ugh. You know, like, homeowners just great, but like, not. <laughs> <laughs> it's great until you actually have to- Do things. Do things. That's what I want to do. Yeah, no. So yeah, breaking my whole yard. My body hurts from that. And all the other things I still need to do outside, I'm not looking forward to. Yeah, it's kind of the downside. Like it's great to have your own space that you can kind of do whatever you want to, but then there's the thing of having to maintain and do everything that you have to do in that space. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. With spring coming, it's always nice because things are coming back to life, things are blossoming, but my need for a distraction, I'm gonna backpack on yours, is the fact that insects, mm, those things are coming back to life. Don't like it, I've already had to encounter four fucking spiders, which is four way too fucking many if you ask me. Yes, you have a little bit of arachnophobia. Just a smidge, I just don't, I mean, I get that they're great for the environment and the part of the ecosystem and all this other great stuff, but I don't like them. So my need for distraction is although that, you know, I'm happy that spring is around the corner, no more snow in Canada. I just, I, spring, spring just, I like it. I respect it. Don't like the insects that come back to life when it comes around the corner if you catch my drift. Yes, those, those great things. Yeah, and we actually kind of forgot to mention this in our little reminders or housekeeping portion, but Christy has a little bit of an update that she wants to share with our listeners. So Christy, I'll let you kind of take it away. I've got some stuff going on, so I'm just gonna be taking a bit of a break from the show. Alex will be recording with others or herself. Even though it's not the two amigos, it is always still our fabulous show with mm -hmm. the same content. So. Please uh, keep sharing the love and I'll just be a little MIA for a bit. Yeah, and you know, I think 
it's good to be transparent with listeners. And that's why when Christy and I were talking about it, you know, I kind of propose, okay, how do you want to go about it? Do we just post something online? Do we talk about it on a recording? But you know, nothing major is changing in terms of the format of the show. Although you'll probably just hear my distractions as opposed to, you know, Christy and I's distractions or need for distractions. Which has always worked. So what are you missing out on? Yeah. Well, and you know, at the end of the day, we're going to keep in touch about whether or when Christy's going to come back. Hopefully, you know, soon we'll be kind of back to business. But in the meantime, Christy needs to take care of a couple of things. And yeah, it's just what's needed right now. So that's our update. That's yeah. Christy's update. Take care of yourself. Yeah, mental health is prime. If you're not taking care of yourself, then... What are you doing? Yeah, then what are you doing? But... I think we should get into this week's distraction, what do you say? Yes, please. All right, so this week we're going to be discussing the history and conspiracy theories behind one weird secret society being that of the Bohemian Club and their summer camp called the Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Rhapsody? See, you know what? That's why I kept (laughs) wanting to call it. I was like, the Bohemian Rhapsody. It's not, no relation as far as my understanding. But from hefty membership fees, a large owl statue, because of course this is, owls. Weird, <laughs> this is weird distractions. We always have to talk about owls. The creation of the atomic bomb, plus decades of secrecy and unknowns. This is one weird distraction. As previously mentioned, you won't want to miss out on. Ooh. So as always, due to potential adult themes being discussed and coarse language, because I don't know if you've realized, but- We swear a lot. We swear a lot. Listener discretion is advised. You've been warned. You have been warned. So let's get into it. The year was 1872 and the location is San Francisco, California. San Fran. San Fran. A man by the name of Henry Harry Edwards, along with some of his buddies, decided that they wanted to create a more formalized gathering to promote male bonding between those, you know, who enjoyed the arts, according to Wikipedia. So just a bunch of dudes, who like talking about the arts, hanging out, and eventually they're like, you know what? We need to formalize this shit. So maybe like some kind of gentleman's club of sorts? Kind of, yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, it's very uh, emphasized as a gentleman's club. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be allowed. No. No. <laughs> it's unbeatable. No. Yeah, it's whatever. But uh, the group of predominantly white male journalists, artists, and musicians were- Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> This is a white man's group. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But they were reportedly from the Union Square district in San Fran and presumably fairly well off financially. Basically, got some rich white old dudes that just want to hang out with one another and talk arts and stuff. I just want to brag about myself, basically. Basically, yeah. This formalization created what we now know today as the Bohemian Club. Now, some may be wondering, why is it called the Bohemian Club? Because this is way before Bohemian Rhapsody came out. Um, So according to my research, during the American Civil War, journalists began to assume the title Bohemian and, you know, they kind of took up this moniker amongst themselves. Now, the word Bohemian, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, means a person who is interested in artistic and unusual things, for example, art, music, or literature, and lives an informal way that ignores the usually accepted ways of behaving. With that definition in mind, I think the men gave themselves the name perhaps from their admiration of the arts because they, I don't know, decided that they, or they were living a lifestyle that maybe was a little bit different than others around them at the time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. The group from the hop had a very strict criteria for membership. Basically, if you were a rich artist or journalist of sorts, Caucasian, and a male of high societal standards, you could join the club. Meaning if you weren't any of those things, 
Your SOL. Yeah, you were denied. So once again, Christian and I, not allowed. Not allowed. After some time had passed, the OG members decided to kind of relax their rules and allowed for businessmen, politicians, and entrepreneurs, aka non-journalists, to become permanent members. So therefore, like... But not females. Still. Oh, oh God, no. Once again, it's a white man club party. Gotcha. Yeah. They began allowed memberships to university presidents and military commanders who were serving in the San Fran Bay area, according to the Bohemian Club Wikipedia page. The club would eventually have their own office, which today is located at 624 Taylor Street, San Francisco, which of course is only accessible to members only. So not everybody can just walk in and out and visit like a local Dunkin' Donuts or anything like that. Lovely. Yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, whatever, fine. I didn't want to go anyways. <laughs> I kind of do now, but okay. Yeah, I kind of want to now, but it's whatever. It's fine. I'm not upset about it. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Now, to circle back on the whole membership aspect of the Bohemian Club, I'm going to use a direct quote from a Vanity Fair article to kind of lay things out for folks that may be interested. Mind you, once again, there, there's only like so many people that can go into this club, so keep that in mind. But... Quote, to join the Bohemian Club, you must either be invited by several members or wait patiently for decades. So, like, you can basically go on a waiting list if you're Until not. Until I die. Yeah. Be- well, actually, I, I read a couple, um, in a couple different places where people have been waiting for, like, 30-something years. It's not happening, bud. It's ridiculous. Uh, and then there's the $25,000 initiation fee and the hefty yearly dues. Judging from the roster, which currently numbers at around, like, 2500 it helps to basically a male republican and white 25 entrance fee yeah twenty five thousand dollars. what's the yearly dues well i read that uh in a hout living article from 2011 that the yearly dues are approximately five thousand dollars yeah i don't know if the inflation has changed that in uh 2022 i'm assuming i'm assuming so i'm assuming so so entrance fee is like a million dollars now yeah (laughs) Now I have to pay it. Now I have to give up at least one of your legs to join. And a kidney. Yeah, and a kidney. Yeah, but some may be wondering at this point, who was in this club that we may know? Mm-hmm. Who could afford this shit? Well, here's a little bit of a small list that I was able to find because now member connection or member identity is not necessarily listed. Mm. So here are previous members slash people that have been associated. That now we it's know like of. extra secrecy these days. Oh yeah. Mm. Keep that shit in lock and key. But smallest, here we go. Ronald Reagan, 40th president of the US. We've got George Herbert Walker Bush, 41st president of the United States. We've got Theodore Roosevelt, who is the 26th president of the US. So basically every president's a part of this club. Yeah, basically, but- So Biden, I know you're there. (laughs) Biden, Biden, are you you with the Bohemian Club? (laughs) Let us know, Um, but- Hold on. We also have Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is an actor and apparently the California governor. I didn't know he was a governor. I just forgot what state. Same. And like, is he still? I didn't look into it. Uh, I don't know if he is anymore. I think maybe. I don't know. Anyways, the Terminator is involved. There's also David Packard, who is the co-founder of Hewlett Packard, aka HP, as in HP printers, scanners, tablets. I'm talking... Billions. Hey, it's big in tech. Yeah, so. big in tech. And then Joseph Coors Sr., who is the grandson of brewer Adolf Coors and former president of Coors Brewing Company, oh, which once again, 
billions. Yeah, everybody's like their, not everyone, but most people like their Coors Light. I do enjoy a Coors Banquet from time to time. I'm not going to lie. I do not drink beer, so no, I don't. Yeah, but, no, that's uh, totally fair. Yeah, I don't mind a Coors Seltzer. It's not, those aren't too bad. You know, I would just kill to have association, like family ties, to be known as like a long lost cousin of like a Reagan or a Roosevelt or a Schwarzenegger or fuck, even a Packard at this rate, like Ooh. a Coors. I just want to get a, an email saying, Dear Alex, you are now invited to the exclusive club. Uh, I don't want to be part of this club. Fuck that. Oh. And we'll get into why I don't want to be a part of the oh, club. Okay. But, you know. This would be long lost someone. Yeah. And then they'd be like, oh, here's $20 million. <laughs> Unlikely, but okay. Unlikely. But you know what? A girl can dream. So those are some of the members that we know of. Okay. Uh, as time went on, the club grew so much so that members decided that they wanted to purchase a vacation property, you know, as a group of good old... Because they're like, hey, one place they have isn't enough. Yeah, basically. <laughs> they have to take the party elsewhere, Christy. But this would essentially allow for members who maybe lived outside of San Francisco or that lived in the area to kind of get away from it all, right? Mm -hmm. You know, kind of take a little vacay and to really bond over the arts together because that's the whole premise of the club is i think that's like the last thing that actually happens at this place yeah <laughs> yeah at least the front yeah it's it's i think that's what it started with yeah potentially maybe i don't know and things but... got more risque as time went on oh you know that's what people do in their little private clubs well old white rich men yeah what are they gonna do all their money? money yeah you're telling me you're just sitting around putting plays on with each other not them but someone else might be yeah i don't know but anyways they want to basically get a vacation property right so having a mutual place for all members to kind of gather and spend time with one another would be ideal it would allow for the men to come let go of their day-to-day -day stressors and just throw it out with their Hello, club members. Throw it out. Yeah, you know, just like sit down and put on an episode of the Joe Rogan Experience and throw it out. I'm really nice right now. I know. You can't hear it, but Chrissy's eyes have gone to the back of her My head. My soul. <laughs> Um, so this is where the Bohemian Grove, aka Camp for Rich Old White Men, kind of comes into play. Mm. Based off of the book, The Conspiracy Book, A Chronological Journey Through Secret Societies and Hidden Histories, written by John Michael Greer, the Bohemian Club decided to purchase a vacation property in 1878. So I'm talking like way, 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 way back. The property, which still exists and is in use of today's date, is approximately 65 miles north of San Francisco. The property is specifically located in Monte Rio, California, which just sounds beautiful. The property is a reported whopping 2,700 acres and is considered restricted, meaning if you're not a member, a staff member, or a white dude, you're not allowed on the premises whatsoever. I hear the acreage. I want to know how much square feet this building is. Well, there's multiple buildings. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not just one. Oh, we'll get to it. It's like a compound. It's like, mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. Yeah, okay. compound. I like that terminology. Mm -hmm. So we're getting into a cult? Okay. I mean, Tapping my nose, I'm just saying. So the Bohemian Grove would begin hosting members every summer, usually sometime in June or July. So we're like a little bit, when this episode comes out, it'll be a little it's bit- It's not prime time quite yet. No, it's not prime time for the boys to get together yet. During a usual stint of about two weeks, members would be offered cabins to reside in, contests to participate in, and ceremony-like events, somewhat similar to a regular summer camp for use, except, uh, yeah, mm, mm, except this camp would allegedly welcome drinking stupid amounts of alcohol, which we'll probably circle back to at some point in this episode. Mm -hmm. So basically it's a summer camp. For, for old people. For rich. Old white dudes. Yes. 
with a shit ton of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the camp would also participate in group singing as well as productions and plays. Okay. Which, with alcohol involved, I can imagine was um, interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about the property for a minute because it's pretty interesting in my opinion. So the property supposedly is covered in old growth redwood trees, which some of them are apparently as old as a thousand years old. So like these things have been around for a long, long time. Like protected of sorts. Yeah. And some of them are over a reported 300 feet tall. I bring up the trees, not because I am secretly the Lorax and keeper of the trees, but because the Bohemian Club has been in some hot water under logging of said redwood trees. And that's a no-no. Yeah, we don't like that. Mm-mm-mm. Not in today's climate or ever really. Do no, like climate change, animals, they need that shit. Exactly. So some may be listening and probably wondering what's wrong with logging trees by folks that own the land. Well, for starters, those trees are some of the oldest in Sonoma County. A Vanity Fair article compared the cutting of these almost rare trees as hunting whales, which I'll further elaborate by directly quoting basically what Vanity Fair said. Mm -hmm. So quote, to me, redwoods are like whales. At this point, they shouldn't be harvested under any circumstances. Virgin old growth redwoods are growing on only four to 5% of the original range, a 450 mile band along the Pacific coast. From Big Sur to Southern Oregon, they are the tallest and among the most massive and longest living organisms on earth. Some individual trees have been here for almost 3000 years. So cut them down well yeah and that's the thing i mean to some people a tree is a tree you know what i mean like there's not nothing that really connects them to nature but for those that actually understand the climate of everything the climate of our world and just knowing like particular trees if they've been there for so long like some like protection of horticulture or whatever like it's part of it yeah yeah and you have to protect that because who knows what's going to happen to the creatures that thrive off of those trees and Mm -hmm. vice versa right plus you know oxygen Just putting that out there, trees produce oxygen as far as my scientific memory serves. Mm -hmm. So we need that We kind of need it. (laughs) With that being said, to me, it kind of screams a bit of an act against nature to then begin practicing logging against something that's population is rare and diminishing. It's, you know, they did make a really good point, similar to hunting whales, right? It's whales are an organism that are really detrimental to the ocean ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And the more you get rid of them or the more people hunt them, the more likely that ecosystem is going to fall. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. According to what I found online, the club stated that they were doing this to eliminate, quote, the fear of forest fires. So basically they're like, we're just cutting down these trees so that they don't all burn down. It's like, okay, but where's the fire? Yeah, where's the fire, bro? Um, But critics are quick to say that the real reason was to make cash off of the logging by selling them to nearby businesses, which once again, as we know, capitalism does make the world go round and I'm more unlikely to put money into that camp mm-hmm. pun intended right yes so as far as my understanding the bohemian club cannot practice logging at the grove due to a lawsuit that dates back to 2011 so yeah to branch back to learn more about the bohemian grove property there are apparently camps within the property filled with cabins to house members during their stay so like i mentioned before it's not just one big building it's, it's like multiple 
Yeah. According to the Grove's own Wikipedia page, there was allegedly 118 camps back in 2007. I don't know if this has expanded since, you know, sometime. I'm sure it has. Oh, more than likely, but some of the camps were have some pretty interesting names. So here's a small list I found. Okay. So one camp is called Hillbillies. Ooh, the one lives there. Another is called Hillside. Uh, there's another one called Idlewild. Uh, there is one called Lost Angels. And then, of course, because owls, uh, one's called Owl's Nest. Interesting. Yes. I would like to know, like, which camps belong to which people for those names. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, that one I don't know. Uh, each camp, supposedly, is assigned a captain who is tasked with multiple jobs to maintain their respected camps. I don't know what kind of jobs. I don't know if, like, they're cooking and cleaning. I kind of doubt it, because once oh, again... Oh, I doubt it. They're fucking rich. They're like, man, clean shit. Rich white old man. Get a clean shit. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, if you're a well-endo white male that you are in this category or anything like that. But this is just like the, this is the population we're talking about here. Yeah. I'm going to be a little stereotypical. Sorry. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's the same with white females. Like we're two white women on a podcast Mm -hmm. that talk about true crime, right? Like there's tons of stereotypes about people like us out there. Yes. So we're just poking fun. Live with it. Yeah. So in terms of other aspects of the Grove's property, here's a broken down list of different locations. So we have the Grove stage, which is described as having seating for about 2000 people and is used for the Grove play production. This production probably takes place during the last weekend of the vacation and is home to the second largest outdoor pipe organ in the world. Well, fun fact for you. Fun fact Sundays. Fun fact Sundays. Oh, yes. <laughs> the next is the Field Circle. Uh, this is another stage for describe low jinx musical comedies or plays to take place. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a little cheesy. When I, when I heard the word circle, I was just thinking something culty like whatever. <laughs> Once again, I'm tapping my nose. Mm. <laughs> uh, next on the list is the Campfire Circle, reportedly mm. used for a more intimate setting. Well, sing along. Yeah, this one is pretty kind of like self-explanatory. I don't need to go into detail. There's the museum stage, and this is apparently used for lectures and smaller ensemble performances. What the fuck stages do they need? They have so many. I wish I could tell you why, but there's just so... Because it's for the hashtag, or quotations arts. Yeah. Well, hashtag quotations, it's, it's all it's all made up. <laughs> anyways, it's, yeah. Uh, then there's the dining circle, which allegedly boasts seating for up to 1,500. For eating? For eating, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. It says dining, so yeah, yeah. put two and two together. <laughs> you get that. You yeah. get that. And the clubhouse. So this is reportedly a multi-use area where the men gather to drink, dine, and dish out their thoughts, as, you know, they do. And supposedly this is the area where the infamous Manhattan Project meeting was held in 1942. Before I tell you what the Manhattan Project is, I was going to ask. Christy, what is, do you know what the Manhattan Project was? Or is? I did not know. Okay, well, for those unaware, okay, Christy, the Manhattan Project. (laughs) To be fair, like, I've heard about it. I don't, I didn't really know about it. I think I remember learning in like high school history class. Yeah, least favorite subject, didn't listen at all. Yeah, well, that, that's fair. But the Manhattan Project, in a very simple way to define it, was a project that took place during World War II. In Manhattan? And, I mean, the, the idea of it came out of the Bohemian Grove. Okay. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> the project created one of the first nuclear weapons, which was led by Bohemian club member J. Robert 
Oppenheimer, which that is a cool ass name. Mm-hmm. Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. It sounds very German. I don't know if he's German or not. I didn't really look into it, but I just picture the Oppenheimer, which is part of the Selling Sunset on Netflix. <laughs> we have very two different wavelengths <laughs> going on here. We've got history and you've got Selling Sunset. I don't know which is worse at this point. Mine, yes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but Robert would be known as the father of the atomic bomb. Cool facts. Yeah, yeah. fun fun fact Sunday. Yeah. We're full of them today, folks. So, And I kind of lied. So this isn't the last area on the list of places at the Grove. Okay. Because we have the Owl Shrine and the Lake. Because once again, owls. Mm-hmm. So this area of the Grove has led to a lot of conspiracy theorists and non-club members to kind of wonder what the actual fuck is going on at this club. Yes, that's my question. Yeah. Basically to define this area, there is a large concrete and steel owl shrine nearby a lake where some ritualistic acts have been known to take place. Well, that's questionable. Yeah, and we're, we're going to actually talk about the rituals of the Bohemian Grove right now. Mm-hmm. They kind of seem very important for the club members. I mean, it's kind of the whole, like, rituals in general are very important practice over various amounts of groups and cultures and what have you. But one of the known rituals is called the cremation of care. So this is something that the club does at the Grove specifically, and it's very important. Yay. Very important. Uh, this is kind of where our owl statue friend kind of comes into play. So this ritual, which has supposedly been around at the Grove since the 1980s, has been defined as a, quote, theatrical production, end quote, that supposedly takes place during either the first or last weekend of the white boy summer camp. Accounts vary. It's like, oh, it takes place at the first of the weekend, like the first weekend, and then others are like, eh, it takes place in, and it's all over the place. I, I mean, it happens at one point. It happens at some point, and it's just fucking weird. Let's call it what it is. Okay. All right. So the cremation of care, as far as my understanding, goes as follows. So the ceremony takes place in the evening, beginning in the dining hall. Once everybody participating in the ritual is there, a funeral-like playlist is basically played over some speakers. That's the only way <laughs> I can like, okay. yeah. think it's very it's cremation. Yeah, it's it's very, you know, somber. I don't want to say it's like the home music because I don't think that's it, but it's very described as funeral music. Okay. So some of the men dress in pointed red hoods oh God. with red flowing robes. Some of the men are known to apparently carry flamed torches. This is fucking KKK? <laughs> but red edition? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I... <sighs> questionable. Very questionable. Very questionable. The group in a procession leaves the dining hall into the forest towards the Owl Shrine and Lake. Some of the men can be seen reportedly carrying a large wooden box, almost like a coffin. Inside said coffin looks to be a human body. However, allegedly, it's just twigs and branches made to look as such. Wrap in a garment to create more of the illusion that basically there's a body in the coffin. Why is that needed? Why do we need to pretend the body? Well, hold your horses. Okay. Hold them. I'm already disturbed. <laughs> so this fake human body is to reportedly represent what's called the body of care, aka a symbol of all the concerns and things that the men carry with them whilst outside the grove. So like their everyday stressors, their worries, their fears, just everything that just like piles up on their shoulders. And it's burning in those twig bites and help that? Okay. Yeah. So as they approach the owl statue, they then proceed to burn the coffin, aka their symbolic fears, worries, concerns, and there's kind of like more to it, I guess, but that's that's kind of the yes. That's like, I think that's what people just need to know is kind of the bare bones of it all. Yes. So 
I'm going to use a direct quote from the Who Rules America website to kind of paint a little bit more of a picture of this ritual. Quote, the highlight of a Grove encampment is an opening day initiation ceremony called the Cremation of Care. See here they say it's like the initiation, but other places say it's the ending. Yeah, yeah, anyways. In which the campers are given permission to forget their worldly duties and responsibilities and instead focus on having a good time, just like in the quote unquote old days when they were young and supposedly carefree. Although the ceremony is very elaborate and has a long tradition, readers have to understand it is a lark, a spoof of ceremonies that has no deep or serious intent, contrary to what some conspiracy theorists have claimed. It is just what it claims to be, a way to ease everyone into a mood where they can relax and enjoy themselves. And I will mention some, I, I did say earlier that this has been going on since the 1980s. However, I also have on my notes that it might've been the 18, early 1880s. So I must've messed up in my notes somewhere somehow. <laughs> it's around the time. It's, you know, I think it's something that's been at the Grove for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And what are your thoughts hearing that quote from once again, Who Rules America website? Do you think the whole ceremony is still kind of weird? Or do you think that's just like a symbolic way to let go and be that's still weird. I, yeah, that's kind of what I kind of thought. I you could like do other things. Like you could like put your fears on papers and burn them while yeah. you're burning a coffin and pointy hats or whatever. Yeah, like. yeah. Weird. What's with the cloaks? Yeah. What's with the torches? And the pretend body. Why do you pretend it's a body at all? Why, yeah, why not, I don't know, just do a face mask. Call your therapist. I don't know what to tell you. Like, that just seems very intense. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of all fine and dandy when you think about it on the less, like, the non-conspiracy theorist side of things. It's mm -hmm. just a bunch of grown white dudes getting, kind of putting on a play mm -hmm. about, about ridding themselves of stressors and worries. But as hinted at, there is a kind of a camp of non-member folks that believe the cremation of care is way more sinister than what it supposedly is. I can see that. Right? I mean, I think at any point in time when there are a bunch of people in front of a specific statue, there's a fire going on, you're throwing a coffin into it. I'm sorry. If I was there, like, watching as, like, a spectator of sorts and not part of it, I'd be like... Yeah. What the fuck's going on? I would yeah. think someone gave me acid or something. Be like, what? Yeah, if I was like just hired and didn't know yeah. what's happening, I'd be like, Am I tripping? Am I tripping? Is there a body in there? What is happening? Right what now? is going on? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Needless to say, whether you think it's just like a mundane ritual or a play that's being put on, it's weird, right? Mm -hmm. And listeners may be wondering though, what in the hell is the deal about the owl statue? Yes. <laughs> what about the owl in the room? Owl by the lake. Yeah, so from what I gathered in my research, the owl can represent wisdom, which for a group of old dudes, they probably thought this was kind of fitting. They're probably like, eh. Where's also wise and yeah. I'm not saying that's exactly why, but I, that's, that's me putting my two cents into it. Probably. So according to the Groves Wikipedia page, this 30-foot hollow owl statue was created by one of the club's presidents, Hag Padigan. Now, before we shift gears and start talking about some of the theories, I did want to kind of give us an opportunity to use one of our newest segments called Occult Observations to read some reviews about the Bohemian Grove. I'm so excited because these are so funny, Christy. You have no idea. Folks of them are just like, what the fuck? Well, let's get into it. So for those listening for the first time ever, hello, Occult Observations is a small segment we're doing that allows for us to read the good, the bad, and the ugly online reviews about the locations we cover. So the name, once again, is courtesy of Linz from the Pineapple Pizza Podcast and the Old Crime Podcast. So thank you again, Linz. We appreciate you and your brain. 
As always. As always. So let's start off on the negative reviews. Let's get those out of the way. Those are the better ones. Yeah. So the this is from user Kelter70. It was from about four years ago. So whenever four years ago wasn't from 2022. I can't math at the top of my head, but... In 2018? Yeah, that. Okay, sure. So... <laughs> Here is the review from Kelter70. When powerful people work together, they become even more powerful. The Grove membership is wealthy and becoming more so, while the middle class is steadily becoming poorer. This close-knit group determines whether prices rise or fall by their control of the banking system, money supply, and markets, and they make money whichever way markets fluctuate. They determine what our rights are and which laws are, have effect by appointing judges. They decide who our highest officials shall be by consensus among themselves, and then selling candidates to us via the media which they own. Important issues and facts are omitted from discussions in the press or slanted to suit their goals, but they are discussed frankly at the Grove. Is there true democracy when so much power is concentrated in so few hands? Is there any real difference between the public and private sectors when cabinet members come from the boardrooms of large corporations? Is the spending of billions on weapons, which are by consensus no longer needed, really the will of the people? Or is it the will of the general electric, general dynamics, and the other weapons contractors represented at the Grove? That was a lot. They went full on conspiracy like, oh, oh yeah. my god, everything's controlled. Yeah, it was a lot. So thanks, Kelter70, for that uh, depressing review. Yeah. Appreciate it. The next negative review is from user Vanilla Lights. And this was from six years ago. And this might just be my favorite review of all time. The review reads, sucks, didn't even get to say hi to Satan. <laughs> <laughs> was he there? I'm confused. <laughs> didn't even get to say hi to Satan. Uh, yeah, like what? What do you mean you didn't get to say hi? I don't know. Okay. I don't fucking know. Vanilla Lights, you got me good though. Ugh, that needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> I didn't even say hi to Satan. I didn't even get to say hi to Satan. All right, now let's go to the poly positive reviews. Let's, right. let's get this positivity wheel spinning. Uh, so our first review is from user Elliot Harris, and this was from six months ago. Mm -hmm. So this review reads, I was privileged to attend here as a guest several years ago. Ooh. It's a wonderful, historic fraternity of traditions and miration of the great outdoors. I can't understand the whole satanic activity that people are obsessed with and system happens here. Have you ever gone glamping? It's basically that. Although reading some of the other reviews certainly clarifies to me why the club would opt into having effective private security. The Redwoods are glorious, and even if you're not in the property, they're probably the most wonderful thing to see. But I also found tranquility visiting and just sitting by the great owl statue. End of review. Wait, is there a guest? Yeah, so, so you're allowed to go there now? apparently in more recent times, members of the Bohemian Club can allow for their family and friends to mm. attend. It's I still exclusive. It's still very exclusive. And I don't necessarily know if female guests can go. Mm. I'm not sure because from my understanding, they're very like, no girls allowed. Yeah. And, you know, so I don't know. But apparently some can no, go okay. yeah by guests but i'm assuming those guests would have to be approved by several members oh, there's probably so. probably fees associated with it or is it really expensive stay stay, stay yeah fees exactly so the next and last review we have is from user apex big bean 
And this was also six months ago. And they wrote, at the point of coming, you get horrifying welcomed by a, an cult lead, a cult member, the one and only Da Baby. He took us to the sacrificing place where they were going to sacrifice Shrek's pet unicorn. It was a super interesting experience and I wish to come back sometime in the near future and to review. Did that person actually go or they just like tripping on acid in any review? I think the latter. Yeah. Like sacrifice Shrek's baby? I was like, what? Unicorn. Pet unicorn. Oh. Oh, they were greeted by DaBaby or whatever that means. Yeah, by a cult member, the one, the only DaBaby, which is, I'm assuming, the rapper DaBaby. Yeah, no. This person's not been there. Yeah. So now that we've definitely heard some weird-ass occult observations, it's time to chat about the conspiracy theories surrounding the Bohemian Club and the Grove. How are you feeling about this, Christy? I'm taking it a lot right now. Yeah. It's gonna get worse. It's gonna get worse. Great. Yeah. So the conspiracy theories we'll be focusing on today kind of try to figure out the who, what, when, where, and why when it comes to the club and the grove. Now the theories I'm going to share have never been proven as fact or fiction as far as my understanding. So please take everything I'm about to say, basically anything I've said in this episode with a grain of salt. Yes. Yeah. So the first theory is that the Bohemian Club is a full-on cult. Yeah, Shocker. I already thought that. Yep, so, yep, yeah. yeah, we're already there. So many people are quick to call any secret group with a very defined membership criteria a cult. It's not out of the realm to suspect some cult shit happening, especially when footage of the cremation of Care was released to the public. The footage showed members wearing hooded robes, as previously mentioned, carrying what looked like a coffin, and doing it all in front of a large owl sculpture, which kind of screams cult shit to me. I don't know. Yeah, not obvious at all. Yeah, you know, it just, it's on that cult shit, right? So on top of that, it's been alleged that members to the Grove are unable to bring any form of communication devices to the outside world, meaning no phones, tablets, laptops, you know, pet owls, male owls, anything like that. Why, why did, how does this connect with cults? As we know, cults thrive on isolation, meaning a lot of the time members are told not to communicate with people outside of the group, you know, to protect what's going on on the inside. Mm -hmm. The no outside communication piece of the Grove kind of in my mind seems very similar, Mm -hmm. right? They don't want anyone connecting with anyone from the outside while they're in the Grove. How do they get the footage? We'll get to that. Mm. It's very interesting. So it could also be because they just want group members to be focused on the present. Mind you, this is supposed to be kind of like a boys stress-free relaxation trip thing. So that could also be why, right? You know. Uh, I remember going to the Scandiff Spa in Collingwood and you're not allowed to bring a phone in when you go in it's because you're trying to focus on the now the now and being mm-hmm. present and grounded, which I'm all about. I'm all about grounding techniques. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm all for that. But I just don't understand the whole ritualistic side of, you know, what's going on. There? What's going on. Like the cremation care still doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't seem grounding to me. No. It seems very like a very chaotic grounding exercise. I mean, I'm... I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Unlike other well-known cults, it's kind of unclear to me what the motive or drive of the Bohemian Club is. As we've heard in other cult cases, such as, you know, Rogue Terrio and the Ant Hill Kids, or just in general, multiple cults that a lot of us true crime podcasters have covered, Mm -hmm. there's usually some kind of motive or some kind of reason behind it, which sometimes can be religious in nature, but most of the time it's it's for the money, right? Because capitalism... Yeah, they bring these people in and brainwash them and say, please pay your fees. And then they take their money and they're like, you're stupid. Yeah, you're you're, you're stuck with us forever now. Because you're poor and we took your money. Yeah, so because there's no clear goal of the club or the grove that we can find easily or maybe theorize in today's episode, Mm -hmm. you can 
could take this thought process either way and probably end up in a rabbit hole looking for a concrete answer. So for example, we could sit here and figure out what the goal reason might be. It could be capitalism, it could be world control, it could be so many other things, but we don't really know exactly what it is to be certain. Mm -hmm. Now, some people will argue this theory up and down that this is what exactly is going on. However, I can't say whether it is or isn't. Like we don't know if it's actually a cult or not. It looks oh, no. like- It looks sketchy, but it is what it is. It looks like a cult, but to me it's like, so do a lot of other things, right? Mm -hmm. And it's it's hard. Uh, sacrifices aren't necessarily always a cult thing either. However, it seems like they're always usually tied to it from some time. So when it comes to the whole cremation of care, they think, oh, that's a, that's a sacrifice happening. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the Bohemian Club and you know things that happen at the Grove are cult-like, but in reality, there's a real sacrifice. Going exactly, on. it's not necessarily a real sacrifice that we're aware of, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it looks questionable, but it's, it's not real. It's sketchy, but it, it, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a cult mm -hmm. per se. They just do weird shit. They just do weird shit, which like kind of same. <laughs> Welcome to our show. <laughs> The second theory is that the Bohemian Grove is basically just a place for club members to get lit, aka to get sloppy, to get their drink on, to live, laugh, love. Well, it's supposed to be a vacation place, so I would hope you could do that yeah. all there. Yeah, so this was kind of like a common theme that I stumbled upon when doing my research for today's episode. That theme was that the Bohemian Grove can be a pretty big party. Rumors of members being drunk from sunup to sundown have lasted for what seems to be the entirety of the retreat's existence. In one Reddit thread that I found online, one user who claimed to work at the Grove wrote the following. And this user wrote this about 11 years ago, and their user name is Ardilla. So this is what their post said. Once pretty drunk, this guy stood up, got the attention of the whole group, which is about a thousand people, and made this toast about how they were the elite, the luckiest, and basically the most privileged people in the world. Not in the we should be thankful way, but in the fuck yeah, we rule way. It definitely made me feel out of place. Interesting. <laughs> Kind of gross, I don't like it. No. Not here for it. <laughs> to paint even more of a picture, I have another direct quote from a spy magazine writer, Philip Weiss, or Weiss, I'm so sorry, Philip, I don't know how to pronounce your last name properly, but I read what Philip wrote in a Washington Post article. For those wondering, Philip reportedly posed as a guest to the Grove back in 1989. So he snuck in and was like, oh yeah, I'm a guest, yeah. and was able to get a first-hand view of the Grove. The quote from Philip reads as the following. You know you are inside the Bohemian Grove when you come down a trail in the woods and hear piano music from amid a group of tents and then round a bend to see a man with a beer in one hand urinating in the bushes. This is the most gloried in ritual of the encampment. The freedom of powerful men to pee wherever they like. A right the club has invoked when trying to fight government anti-sex discrimination efforts and one curtailed only when it comes to a few popular redwoods just outside the dining circle, end quote. So basically all the dudes get drunk, they pee it's everywhere. They pee everywhere. And it's it's a free-for-all, basically. Well, it's supposed to be like kind of sound of a social club, hopefully, not so much like the culty part, so. Yeah. But it seems a little excessive a party. It just seems yeah, a little gross to me. It pro the whole club probably smells like piss. Like the whole area has gotta smell like, like pee. Yeah. yeah. Ew. Um, now, do I think the whole point of the retreat is for members to get drunk for two weeks? Not necessarily. I think it's maybe an additive. I don't think that's the main goal, right? Is it supposed to be like, 
the whole arts thing going on and showing the show. Yeah. Or be something else. Yeah. Like, I think they are there to, you know, bond with one another over the arts and what have you. I don't necessarily think they're there just to drink. I mean, hey, maybe there are some members that go there just to let loose and... Well, they do drink the whole time. That's yeah. That's prerogative. But I don't necessarily think that's the prime reason. No. The last theory is that the Grove is a meeting spot where big business happens. You know, there was a whole big conspiracy theory of, they control the world there, potentially. There was one pretty good Google review that <laughs> basically said this. They control so everything. They control everything. And this is kind of a bit of an interesting theory to me because of the whole Bohemian Club motto. So I didn't tell you about the motto yet. And wow. I, was wait I was waiting to tell you about it. Well, so what is it? the motto reportedly goes, weaving spiders come not here, which reportedly was taken from act two, scene two of Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. The motto basically removes the possibility for any big dealings or outside items, such as business deals, political matters, or etc., to take place within its walls or within the forests of the club. Basically, it just means that, you know, don't come here if you're going to try and do business dealings or anything like that. No business talk. This is just relaxation. Exactly. However, some feel as though this could basically be a lie or like a front and that a lot of big business actually does take place specifically at the grove i feel like if they're going there to like decompress they're like trying to vent to people about their problems and then someone's there like oh i can fix this or like oh let's yeah. make a deal and then something happens but like suddenly you're not going to go there and talk about shop like i'm sure it happens well exactly right i mean if you for example you put a bunch of workers that work within the same organization together they're going to talk shop right yeah. It's, it's bound to happen. So for example, the earlier mentioned Manhattan Project took place at the Grove by Bohemian Club members. That's something that we know for a fact. Mm -hmm. uh, in Kendall Ray's YouTube video about the Bohemian Club, she points out that a lot of the political members are Republican. And in direct quote from the video that Kendall says, first of all, it's a huge political networking place, especially for Republicans. And they definitely don't leave business or political matters out of the topics that they discuss in the club, which is fair. Right? I mean, if you have a bunch of people that have the same belief system or the same political beliefs, they're all going to talk trash about the same thing. Exactly. Kendall then goes on in her YouTube video to discuss how Dwight Eisenhower poorly gave a political address whilst at the Grove in 1950. Kendall explained how this political address, or like this speech basically, helped him network with others, which presumably led to him getting a Republican nomination. She also shed light on other individuals who seemingly did this, being Ronald Reagan, Nelson Rockefeller, who was a former VP of the US, and Richard Nixon. Apparently Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan may have met at the Grove to come up with a political deal, according to Kendall's video, where Reagan noted he would run for presidency if Nixon didn't. Don't, okay, is that not just kind of a little sus? Yeah, very sus. Very sus. So speaking again about Nixon, supposedly in his memoir, he wrote about how important the Grove was for those in the political field to gain success. Nixon further stated that the speeches made at the Grove due to there being no publicity, no newspapers, you know, it was basically kind of considered off the record speeches being dealt. Uh, I think it was off the record. Well, okay. meaning, you know, but basically it just means like nobody from the outside knows no, what yeah. was said. Yeah. Right? They know what they said with each other, but... Yeah, the group knows, but no one, like, none of us publicly know what's going on yes. or what was said, right? So the fact that they were able to have these speeches that were, quote-unquote, off the record, mm -hmm. God knows what was said. Oh, probably a ton. Right? So, although it's been denied by members, the biggest argument for this theory is how would a group of business people, politicians, and overall the wealthy and elite not sit around and talk shop for two weeks? 
impossible. To me, like, it seems unlikely that none of this would come up at all. Like, I know the whole premise of it is for them to go, let loose, relax, you know, focus on the arts. But in reality, how do you just... You avoid- go to not talking about something if you're, like, having stress or anger with someone else that's there as part of your problem or even in general like even if you're coming in and you're a you want f- event yeah you just want to vent mm-hmm. right and I, I mean i know some people can say well men are different men don't need to vent about things bullshit snapple <laughs> i i have met so many men in my life that all they do is vent as soon as you sit down they're like oh let me tell you about this maybe not exactly like that but do you know what i mean <laughs> that's what i would do it but yes they still talk shit yeah like they're still human they still need to talk about things that are bothering them right mm-hmm. and what better way to do in a like in a place where that's the whole premise is to you know leave everything behind sometimes when you leave things behind you have to talk about it before you leave it behind yes and Who's to say that when they're doing this at the Grove, someone over, you know, over yonder is listening is like, hey, I'm hearing about your situation. Let me help you. Let's make a deal. I can get- I help you, you help me. Yeah. And you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Mm -hmm. And I'll scratch the buddy guys over there because he's helping me out too. Like to me, it just seems more of like a business convention. Yes. than an actual retreat. Is, yeah. And maybe that wasn't necessarily the premise of the whole grove. I mean, mind you, it was supposed to be a quote-unquote vacation property. Yeah. But I think as time has kind of gone on, things have changed. Yeah, especially now that politicians and business people are able to go, right? Mm-hmm. Like the richest of rich can go. I, Who knows? Maybe freaking Elon Musk is there. Maybe... He's like, I'm too cool for that place, probably. Probably. Yeah. Or maybe Zuckerberg is there. I don't know. I, I'm assuming a lot of people that are that are known to be rich and wealthy in today's day are there are there right as long as they're white another layer of this theory is that members try and plan for certain business deals or somehow formulate plans to make certain world events happen so this kind of screams to me you know the illuminati new world order that kind of stuff i it's a little bit of a stretch to me but mind you once again you are in a room full of powerful people who knows what can happen who knows what can happen right it's it's one of those things where we don't know and who knows if we'll ever know what's exactly said there because we're not invited because we're not invited don't want to be invited anyways i have plans I don't want to go watch you burn a bur- uh, some sticks. Yeah, I don't need to watch a bunch of rich, white, drunk dudes burn sticks. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks. Now, one question that I had when I heard about this whole, oh, they're just trying to all get together or they get together at the Grove and they're trying to think of things to control in the world. Mm-hmm. My question was, what would they be trying to control, right? Like what in the world would they actually be trying to control? According to conspiracy theorist and radio show host, Alex Jones, who actually supposedly, allegedly went to the Grove in 2000 to video kind of what goes on there, club members have been meeting at the Grove for decades and discussing topics such as population control. So Alex Jones in the video that I watched was like, yeah, that." You know, they're talking about population control. They're talking about how to control the population, trying to get numbers down so that, you know, there's, you know, more more for everybody as opposed to, you know, overpopulation. But there's no proof in that, right? So who's to say that, you know, all these people are getting together every year talking about population control? It just, to me, it's a bit of a stretch. Although it's a bit of a scary stretch if you think about it, right? Well, yeah, if it is actually true, potentially, suspiciously. Allegedly. Allegedly. That, like, what are you trying to do? Well, and that's the thing. Like, what's, what, what have they come up with? Because yeah. in my understanding, the population grows every single second of every day. Babies are being born every second of the day, right? So trying to control the population just kind of seems like a really big task. And even people to that, you know, uh, 
economic stature and the wealth, like, you know, that elite of a group, I don't know if they can necessarily control. No, that's, that's a large thing to control. I don't think they can kind of grasp the whole population and of the world. No, yeah, no. no, exactly. Um, but when it comes to the setting and people that are having these potential conversations surrounding population control, it's a little bit unnerving to me, considering that these people are some of the richest and the most powerful of the world. Like, yes, I don't think necessarily that they are having these com- or I don't think that they're doing anything about it per se. But if they're talking about it, it's like, well, what are they trying to do? Exactly. That's mm-hmm. where my concern comes in. It's like, I don't want these people having these conversations. I don't want the conversation happening, period. Yeah. But, and God only knows what other conversations they're having. Who knows? Yeah, so alas, it's kind of hard to know without concrete proof that these conversations are happening. Now to summarize this week's weird distraction. The Bohemian Club, like other secret groups out there, will more than likely always be shrouded with conspiracy theories from the outsiders, aka us, trying to look in, kind of figure out what's going on. I did mention earlier that these theories have, to my knowledge, never been proven as fact or fiction. Because there's never been anything addressed as to what goes on within the Bohemian Club, like as far as my understanding, they've never had an open house where anybody can go (laughs) to really check it out for themselves. What goes on at the Grove leaves a lot of curious minds to manifest possibilities such as the ones we've discussed today. Until the white boy camp opens up its doors to the public, we just may never know what goes on at the Grove nor what goes on at the club. If anyone listening has heard of a wild tale from the Bohemian Grove or from the Bohemian Club themselves, send it our way. Christy will let you know at the very end of the episode where you can send it to and that is the Bohemian Club and the Bohemian Grove. What are your thoughts, Christy? How weirded out are you? Um, very interesting. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> what about it? I don't like and it. That's it. And that's it. And that's it. And would you say that you're distracted from what you need to be distracted from? Personally, I am, yes. Good, good. Well, that is the goal, and we hope that you are distracted as well from whatever you needed a distraction from. Now, for the resources for today's episode, they will be listed in today's show notes, and I'm going to let Christy do her segment so that you can find out where to tell your friends to listen in, how to support the show, and how you can get in contact with us. So, Christy, let her rip. Yas. If you've enjoyed today's Weird Distractions episode, consider telling your friends, your family, your co-workers, and anyone else who will listen to you, basically. Basically. Uh, you can tell them to find us on our various platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Good Pods, Podchaser, and many more. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, please consider leaving a rating or a review of such. And if you're on Spotify, you can also leave us a five-star rating as well. This just helps get us more attention to our weird little show, and this is for free, as always. Yeah, free way to support the show. And another way to support our show for free and to make sure you never miss an update is follow our various social media pages so we are on instagram facebook tiktok and twitter and twitter is at weird distract i1 specifically if you're wanting more weird distractions and want to support the show in a more financial way um consider joining one of our two tiers on patreon both tiers are currently getting early access you get ad free episodes bonus content and you can find out more at patreon.com slash weird distractions podcast and we always want to shout out our lovely patrons as always we appreciate and love you so much. And if you're not able to do that kind of subscription, there is also financial support on Redbubble. We have merch on there. You can get our logo on basically anything you want. And also a little tidbit is on Buy Me A Coffee. You can just sprinkle the love that way with a little denomination of sorts. Yep. And lastly, we are always looking to get more of our listeners on to share their experiences. We are collecting or weird tales of true crime or paranormal or whatever else on our listener distractions episode. So we would love to hear from you guys as always. We want to keep the series going. 
So email us at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com and make sure you let us know if you want to do your name, if you want to do it anonymous, or you want some story, a little bit of story, or whatever you want to share with us if you'd like to be featured. Yes, and Christy and I now have to go because we have to go pack our bags for our summer camp experience. It's only for weird family members only, so you snooze, you lose, Bohemian Club, you're not invited. Just kidding, we're not going to camp. Anyways, if you need a distraction, we got you. Bye! I'm Kayla, and I host a show called A Little Wicked. On this podcast, I discuss true crime events such as disappearances, murder mysteries, and, of course, serial killers that are lesser known and also ones that you may probably have heard of. Along with true crime, you can find paranormal lore and conspiracy theories to make you think about the world around you. You can find A Little Wicked on Spotify, Apple, Good Pods, Stitcher, and really anywhere else you listen to your favorite podcasts. And remember to keep it wicked.